You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Let's get this party started. Let's get it started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by Ground Let's and get Pound it Night. Started. No, it's Ground and Pound Night. Pancakes. Oh, those were good pancakes. Yeah, at the gym tonight, it was uh, uh, Ground and Pound Night. That's what we trained all night. Just, really? That yeah. sounds like something that might happen at like a sorority house or something. Um, no, it's totally different than that. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you want to hear about what might happen at a fraternity house, you should look up the Peaches song called Two Guys for Every Girl. <laughs> oh, Peaches. You got to love Peaches. Um, so just as a quick reminder, if you ever have any questions, you can email those questions to info at mountain bike radio. If you want to be the title sponsor of this show for anywhere from one to you choose a number, number of episodes, you can email info at mountain bike radio.com and Ben will give you all the details about what we can do for you, who we can reach and how we can reach around them. So yeah, <laughs> snug reach around in there. That's right. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, we have questions, we have donations, we have... Follow-ups. Follow-ups. Oh, you know what? We had a, um, just really quick, there was a guy who called and ordered a bike from Elevation Cycles, talked to Don, the salesman who could um, sell ice to an Eskimo, or at least try to, really hard, um, called and ordered a bike and said he listened to JRA. So I wrote Don a quick little note. I said, quote his price in McNuggets. And lo and behold, dude did not understand what he meant. So he said he was a loyal listener, but did not understand that um, McNuggets have monetary value. (laughs) So, um, yeah, he may or may not hear me talk about him. Ooh, I just hit the table. Sorry. Um, so the only donation we have from today is someone that said there was no need to mention that they gave um, additional donations. So we won't be mentioning that there were additional follow-up donations that were covered in a previous show. Okay. That's just me very, very, very explicitly not mentioning that more donations were given. So. Oh, okay. Um, Are we going to start with... Uh you want to start with listener questions or with follow-up? Um, I want to start with what – I want to know how Kenny's Brompton is. I have ridden it very briefly. I've yet to take it on like a really long purpose Brompton ride. So I need to do that. Why don't you ride it to work? Ah, it's like really far and there's hills and stuff. No, there's like not. That. There's not hills. <laughs> there's not hills, Kenny. It's, it's like one long, like you probably have to climb maybe 300 feet to get from where Kenny is to where he works. Yeah. It's, it's I climbed 300 feet to get the mail yesterday. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's pretty rough. But no, I haven't done it yet, but I've been looking at Brompton e-bike kits. Oh, God. That so sounds want, so dangerous. Yeah. I want my Brompton, like we've talked about before, I want my Brompton to be kind of scary. Like, hey, if you see smoke or whatever... You should probably let off the throttle. Maybe there's like a kill switch that's connected to your arm, and I want it to make thousands of watts. <laughs> I I don't like that idea, Kenny. Also, I, I really I want you to love that to, idea, and I hope you do wheelies on it. I want really, you to have to hold the front of the Brompton down, like you're the first time you ever got on a leader bike. 
and you get on it in like second or third and it keeps pulling and you're like, holy crap, I can't get my weight up over the front of this bike anymore to keep it down. That's what I want the Brompton to be like. Okay. Yeah. Please take videos. You and <laughs> have, you, both ride it. have you found any, any uh, bigger tires to fit in it? Have you tried? I really haven't messed with anything, to be honest. I haven't. What's the wheel size? It's a 16. <laughs> so you should be able to get some 16-inch BMX tires. I think maybe Schwalbe makes some little bit. Oh my God, Schwalbe! I'm not sure. Uh, I've played around with the idea of making it single speed because right now it is a three speed internally geared hub and it's uh, quite heavy. So I w- I saw a yeah. I'm sure. Stress. I, I'm sure that what matters on that bike is that, like it's heavy because of the hub, not because of all the fucking like joints and folding. Parts. No, it's. I mean that hub is a straight pound though, I right? Can I'm just. It's probably a straight two pounds to be honest. It's really. Wow. Really heavy. But anyway, I just I don't know if it really matters. It also takes one more cable off the bike, which I like. I hate cables. Um, but at the same time, the Brompton works. So I don't know. There's a DT Swiss track hub that fits on the back. <laughs> and I could build some super baller. Maybe I could get like a China Carbon custom. Oh, man, China wheel. Carbon Brompton wheels. That would be the sh- like the sickest thing ever. <laughs> I'll bet you if I talk to him, they'd whip me up a 16, no problem. They probably already have one, honestly. Oh, yeah. They do. I'm sure. Because um, I think there's other, there's got to be a whole bunch of Chinese folding bikes. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's a ton. And also, 16 inches uh, recumbent on some stuff, I think. Uh, okay. So, anyway, I don't know. It's not really that. Not a priority. No, not that much of a priority. So we saw a recumbent the other day that had a twenty-inch front wheel where the where the platform is under or over the wheel. Yeah. So it had like a twenty-two-inch, probably. Well, the, it was slightly sloping. You know, like your feet were above your hip. Okay. And uh, it was probably a twenty-inch ass height on it. Can you imagine riding something where your low point of center of gravity was 20 inches high? It's Yeah, it's interesting. It's so so scary. Uh, but back to Schwalbe and their tires. A co-worker of mine, he got a really cool Schwalbe tire this week. It's called the Schwalbe Big One. Oh, God, those are so awesome. Uh, I've seen it in person. Real weight, 590 grams. Two, oh. 29 by 2.35. Oh. We mounted it to a brand new carbon wheel that had never been anything right and set it up tubeless with no sealant and it held 35 psi for like four hours wow um and they are they're they're just ridiculous um i really want one just one yeah just just for the front a slick on the front of your bike yeah. and not on the Just back. for the front, just for a second to see how it feels? No, just on the front because on the pavement, you know, the front tire does all the turning. So you could ride a, uh, just like a cheaper tire in the rear that was slightly more knobby and a lot more affordable and smaller. But you could get that big front tire on there to keep everything like pretty happy with the way your bike feels. And um, it'd be great. So I did something pretty cool over the weekend. I changed my road bike. Oh my god. 
<laughs> what is it? Uh, I am now riding a women's 56 Super 6 Evo. Nice. How did you get that? Uh, I found it. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> just laying on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. So it was just... Yeah, let's just say it was on the side of the road. So... <laughs> anyway, geometry wise, I looked at it and it hits all it like ticks all the boxes that I need for a road bike. It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, turns out that uh a lot of the endurance geometry uh can be found in women's bikes and in the case of the Evo, you get race handling with a shorter and like a shorter reach, higher stack geometry. Boom. And that's exactly what I did. So I ended up I was on I came from a CAD 10 men's 54 and I liked it. I like the way it handled and the way it rode and felt and all that good stuff. I wasn't super happy with my six centimeters of drop, bare minimum, that I had to run on it. That was with 50 mil of stack underneath the stem and a positive rise stem, six Ooh. centimeters of drop, yeah. which is – that's like kind of aggressive. So yeah. anyway, right now I'm running like 30 mil under the stem, and I'm still running about a centimeter and a half taller than my old bike, which is awesome. So, uh, all in all, if the math is correct, it's something like a 25 mil taller head tube, and the reach and everything else pretty much identical to my old 54 CAD 10. Um, but I'm in the process of building it. I haven't ridden it yet, so I will um, get back with you guys and let you know how it rides, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. Oh, it it's rides not- great, as long as the bottom bracket doesn't bind up. <laughs> well, this one's a straight, true BB30. It's not a press fit. I didn't know that they made... I didn't know either. Just don't ask. It's It's got aluminum cups in it. I don't know. I found a bike as well. Oh, yeah? What'd you find? Um, I found a 2009 Fuji CCR4. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> it's a carbon road bike. Oh, okay. It and, goes. It, it's a road bike. And I found a bunch of other parts. I, I literally found a bunch of parts for it. And I, I have a 17-pound carbon road bike with SRAM Apex and Cerium wheels from 2008. <laughs> nice. I love it. Uh, the only thing I had to buy was brake pads. <laughs> uh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, how, does it, how does it ride? So... I was riding a CAD X disc with 32 millimeter tires at 50 psi. I'm now riding on on crest rims with 32 spokes, and I'm now riding Cerium SLs with 23C tires at 95 psi, and it's a little rougher. <laughs> I would imagine. Holy <laughs> crap! No, no, I'm I'm dead serious on my little rougher. It's not. Oh, okay. It's it's not like a whole. It's not unbearable. Yeah, Those I mean, you're, you're still going downhill today on, like, a pretty rough road. Yeah, I just sent a grapevine on it today, and I was really more afraid of... Ice. Of Not ice, but, like, mushy runoff patches around the corner. Like, a hidden mushy spot in the road than I was just the gravel itself. So, yeah. it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, we should probably go ahead and yeah. keep on moving with the so, stuff. Um, oh, real quick. <laughs> Sorry. That's Iron okay. Mountain. We did Iron Mountain again this weekend, and it's awesome as usual. 
but the loop is officially well at least the one small loop that they're doing is officially done it's i don't know say five miles so if you're in the arkansas area go ride it go check it out it's pretty awesome it's as good or better than all the rest of the trail same kind of theme real fast lots of berms little hump jumps that you can double up that kind of cool stuff it's awesome cool yep um, so I'm going to run through a couple of things real quick. Rich sends a follow-up that he says doesn't need to be addressed. Uh, no need to address his follow-up. Well, so, it's getting addressed. Boom. Uh, he says that he had emailed in about a RIP9 and that he got for a really big, a really great deal, but it's more bike than he needs, and he wanted to buy carbon wheels, and he was looking to spend about 1500 I will sell you my Noxes for way less than 1500 Boom. For a RIP9? Well, it, he did say that it's less bike than he needs. Too much, too much bike, so... Yeah. Um, Bud that had the rock hopper that we all like three-way attacked his bicycle. Um, thanks for answering my long question. Your answers were exactly what I wanted, and it was fucking hilarious. Uh, sorry for leaving out some key details and having such a long lead-in, but you guys did great. I am riding the sun, the I'm rocking the Suntour fork on a rock hopper sport. Oh I f- damn! I feel better now because I didn't want to put a bunch of nice shit on a shit frame. Just want to make it a little better so it can last while I save for the next bike. I got some nicer flat pedals because my feet were bouncing off the plastic pedals on rocky sections. And I did get a Cane Creek headset to replace my stock when I figured why put another OEM piece of shit in there to break. Uh, thanks for the advice on demo bikes. I hadn't considered riding them on normal loops. Also, good call, Matt. I ride a 20-mile loop three times a week. I don't <laughs> know how you knew that part. I'm watching you, bud. <laughs> I'm watching you very closely. Uh, and he thanks Ben for sending him some stickers. So, no problem, bud. Um, he was the one that was wailing on like an entry level rock. Yeah, okay. raging the yeah. absolute hell out of it. Um, Strava. Also, you can. So, next two questions came via the Twitters. Um, you can find Mountain Bike Radio on Twitter. At Mountain Bike Radio. Um, it's really easy. It's MTN Bike Radio. Um, if you have any problems finding that, you probably should get your head checked. Um, but it's really easy. It's MTN Bike Radio. And at 29er Logan says, Will a SRAM GXP that is with a screw in GXP BB work with a bike that has a PF92 GXP BB? Uh, yes, yes, definitely. Uh, think of GXP as their way of designating it as a 24 millimeter spindle. Um, theirs isn't exactly 24. It's 24 millimeters on the drive side, and it steps down to 22 millimeters on the non-drive side in order to... Make it incompatible with Shimano bottom brackets. Well, also, their system's a little different. It The the non-drive side bearing, and or sorry, the crank and the, the step and the spindle bottom out together on the non-drive side bearing. Correct, Kenny? That is correct, yeah. So the drive side bearing is totally floating. Like, it, it loads up on the axle, but it is not squeezed together in the whole system. Right. So the whole bearing compression only occurs on the inner race of the non-drive side bearing, and that is the, the GXP of GXP. Um, so all GXP stuff is cross-compatible. I just actually did not know what GXP stands for. I don't either. It's Giga X pipe. I'm serious. I don't know what the fuck that means. I remember that's, that's I remember for. that name of Crank, but I I didn't Yeah, okay. Keep going. Um and then another one from Twitter at Japan Coast, that's J P A N Coast says how often do you guys replace your helmet assuming there's been no accident? Um 
probably not know. often enough. Whenever, whenever it's like just too, I don't know. They just start to get like chewed up, you know, like they get banged around in the car and like. So I think the official ruling is like two to three years on them. Um, when something new and cooler comes out, like go get it, and you're you're cool. Like you'll be I, good. I ride a decent amount, and pretty much no matter what I do, after two years or so, all my shit starts like falling out. Either the little like back of your skull retention system thing doesn't quite click the way it used to, or the pads are just like nasty and falling out and all that kind of crap. So yeah, yeah, um, just like when it starts to look worn out, replace it. You know, it's your head. And lots of MIP stuff is coming out now, and the price is going down. Like, there are, like, mid-level helmets with MIPs, so... I mean, there's even pretty pretty affordable helmets. I mean, I think $90 is below mid-level, and a Jiro feature is only $90. Yeah. That's what I have. The only thing I would recommend is if you're in between sizes, like, I can wear a medium, and I can wear a large. And with a MIPs medium, it's a little tight, so... Yeah. But um, the other thing to think about is... Uh, I've seen people do this and here recently, I've seen it on Twitter a few times where people are supporting or endorsing, putting their helmets into the dishwasher dishwasher. And I don't believe in that. Um, I think you should wash your helmet. Wash it. Yeah. Wash it in the shower. Either wash it in the shower or wash it with a water hose. Um, you know, like, like plain running water will, will take out most like sweat and funk from your helmet. Well, the other thing well, I was going to sh- say. In the shower, just use shampoo. That's what yeah, I, I was going to say. I would either I either wash my helmets with shampoo or dish soap. Both of those things are, are things I very much feel safe being on my body. I mean, dish soap, it goes on dishes and the, the food goes in your mouth. I mean, it's totally cool. But uh, also, what comes out of your head is just oil and, and sweat. And dish soap is going to cut that. So is shampoo because it's literally formulated to do that. So um, the only reason I may go shampoo over dish soap is if you're a little weird about smells, then you might not want your helmet to smell like your dish soap. You're used to your hair or shampoo smell on your head, so it wouldn't be something odd. Uh, that Just make sure you rinse all the soap out because then you'll start to sweat and get suds in your eyes. Right. So usually what I do is wash my helmet and then set it in the bottom of the tub and take the rest of the shower and let everything run over it and then rinse it some more. And the cool trick is I... If you can imagine your shower curtain, I clip my helmet around the curtain rod, but with the helmet inside the curtain. So as it drips, it drips down into the tub. Yeah. Boom. All right. It's also a good opportunity to put your balls in and around your helmet. <laughs> Wait, do you not do that before every ride? You well, don't, no, just not like, just, you, you don't, I figured you, what guys would do is just get a boner and hang their helmet on it and then just take their shower like normal. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> So now let's do this women's question. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to do some homework on that, so we're going to come back. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, my God. That's oh, wow. Someone so wrote long. like a college essay. Uh, Chris from California. Whoa. I wonder if he's our landlord. <laughs> uh, he, loyal listener, previous supporter, and helpful with Ben. <laughs> Hey guys, I hear you're running a radio show out of the house. That's not in the contract. <laughs> uh, this is not for profit, so. Uh, he asked questions before, so he knows how it goes. Hey, Jericho, I contacted you all before trying to build a bike on a budget, whether to go hardtail or full suspension if I had limited money. Matt recommended the Crave. I was stubborn and decided to go a different direction and learn the hard way. 
I heard Ben's call for questions, so I thought I'd send some over. I'm building a China Carbon 29er that's full suspension. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's Shimano XT oh, 1x11, including the brakes, which are M8000s. I'm going to run a 30 chain ring with an 1142 cassette, DT Swiss 350 hubs on DT Swiss rims, uh, Maxxis tires, Reverb Stealth internally routed, Easton bars, Thompson stem, ODI grips. It's going to cost around $3,000 when finished. I'll ride in Northern California and we'll do some XE racing this coming season. I'm hoping this bike can handle some rougher terrain and some air because I can't afford to have two bikes. Yeah, I hope so. I'm blessed to be around a lot of great mountain bike tracks, so the terrain is varied. My questions are, I'm working with a local bike mechanic to help me build the bike. I told him I don't want him to just build the bike and give it back. I want him to give me guidance, let me watch him put it together, and teach me a few things like running cables, gear adjustment, cutting the steer tube, etc. He has agreed to do that as long as I pay him for the full cost of a bike build, so that's pretty sweet. First and foremost, I don't know what Chris does, but I want you to do a few things. I want you to show up to this bike build sober, with no beer, with nothing to drink. Only non-alcoholic things to drink. I want you to treat this like what would you? Because think, treat this just like someone's coming to watch you do your job. And what if they were just like, "All right, cool, let's get going." It's like if you're just gonna sit here and drink and annoy the shit out of me, like just piss off. Um, so my do's and don'ts: don't drink, don't don't bother him. The best thing. Well, just the fact oh. that that you're asking a mechanic to walk you through. So a let's. Bike see, I'm, I'm going to take a step back from this just, whole thing. Just so you know, like imagine if you had to do your job for like three hours and explain every step of your job to someone looking over your shoulder, so that in enough detail that they could do your job. That's basically what you're asking a mechanic to do when you do that. Yeah, and that's what people don't understand is people think they're being like clever, if you will. Or they're almost trying to be like, hey, I really want to learn. But at the same time, you're kind of devaluing what that person does because you expect for them to explain fully what they do in one sitting. And it's just – it doesn't work that way. Everything's a case-by-case basis. There's just tons of experience that goes into it. And I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I'm just telling you how it is just with anything. you know, I would never expect to sit over the shoulder of someone else who does a very specific trade and tell them – Tell them to explain to me, hey, I want to know everything that you're going to do on my little project, and I'm just going to, you know, sit here and you're going to teach me. Right, and and not to, well, no, I will. I mean, it's not like you're asking someone to show you how to like organize your closet and fold your socks, underwear, pants, shirts, everything the most like space conscious way so it fits in your small closet the best. This isn't like a a mundane task. This is a real trade. So Kenny just knocked that right out of the park. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're a little foolhardy hardy if you believe someone can teach you everything that we know, even everything we knew know pertaining to that bike. And it's also I'm just go. I'm going to rail on this guy a little bit more. He's just going to have to take it. So <laughs> he knows how it goes. The deal is, you and this are, is going in without lube. You are saying, I'm the customer. I'm kind of right. I'm going to go buy all this shit on my own, even though I don't really know what I'm doing. And then I'm going to bring this hodgepodge of shit to you. Well, he says he's working with the bike mechanic to help him build the bike. So I was assuming that meant he was getting advice as well. Regardless, I just, I just want to say, look, if you got a, that cool of a bike mechanic 
or whatever. You got Maybe you have a good relationship, and maybe I'm reading into this too far. Regardless, on the surface, it sounds like you're being a dick. Uh, so just be mindful of that. If you really think you're not being a dick, then go ahead with it. But I had people try to take advantage of this whole bike mechanic customer relationship, and it really – I'm not trying to – again, not trying to be holier than thou, but it's a little – obnoxious because i i want to be really helpful to people but at the same time you know it's a business so just make sure that what you're doing is respecting the business and it respects the bike mechanic so again if you've got a good relationship going go for it but if you think at any point that you might you might start being a dick you're probably being a dick yeah and that, that's and, all i got and if you have the type of relationship where let's just say you're uh I don't know. Uh, you're a chef. If you wouldn't let this guy come into your kitchen and you wouldn't show him, like let's just say he bought all the ingredients and agreed to pay you for your time. If you wouldn't let him come into your kitchen and have you know the meal of his choice cooked, then then you probably shouldn't go forward with what you're doing. I mean, Fuck, it, that's an awesome analogy, Matt. I like that. That's badass. So, point, so yeah, you go to a chef and you're like, "Hey, I went on the, I went on fucking Amazon and bought like ingredients, and I'm gonna bring them to you, and you're gonna make an awesome meal, and you're gonna show me how you do it, and you're gonna tell me, instruct me through the whole thing." Any normal chef would look at you like you are an absolute 110 percent crazy person. And you know, we might have this totally backwards. This guy may have already like. Done the most, like let's say he owns a car repair shop. He may have done the most solid come through in the clutch the day before Thanksgiving, like transmission swap for the mechanic. He, I mean, we don't know. So sure, and that's what I'm saying. Like, look, if there's truly a relationship there, cool. But if you're just kind of dropping this on a mechanic, like, oh, I've just seen people have tried it with me so many times, and I'm as nice as I can possibly be, but at the same time, you know, I'm not here to be your teacher. Right. So. You know, I have a really, really good real-life story of what happened in this situation once. Guy was buying a bike from me. The bike didn't come with wheels. Dude showed up at my house with the... I'd let him put a down payment on this because he wanted it. And he didn't have all the cash. And I was like, well, I have layaway. I don't have financing. And there's no returns. So if you... Give me a hundred bucks, and you can come through with the other hundred and fifty bucks. I think it was a hundred and seventy-five, actually. Later, you know, in the next month, whatever. I don't care. Fine. And he shows up at my house with a hundred and seventy-five bucks, four wheels, and a chain. And he wanted me to swap tires and stands rim strips from his existing wheel set. That was lefty only, lefty front, 142 by 12 rear to a standard open dropout wheel set for him. And I was like, I, I, I was just like so side, like, like blindsided by this. I was like, uh, I, I, I don't have, I wasn't planning on doing this stuff today. And he was like, oh, I don't have an air compressor. And I was like, man, I haven't ridden today. And he's like, well, I haven't either. And I was like, yeah, but I plan to. Like, you know, like. I forgot. Did you actually do that stuff? Fuck no, I didn't. 
Dead bikes also. So I sold a, 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 a rigid single speed to someone with no wheels for a very, very, very affordable price. And now it's, it's for sale for triple the price. It's really sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in that situation, like if he had shown up with, you know, like some wheels, like if you show up with a set of wheels, the tires are already mounted, you put your own sealant in them. And everything's ready. Like, you pull the valve cores out, and you walk up to a mechanic, and you're like, hey, can I use your compressor for, like, a minute? And you do it yourself. That's one thing. But, yeah, like, if you show up with some tires, you know, like a wheel set, and you need to swap everything to another wheel set, like, you better have some money. Yeah, so... um Oh, hey, I've got another pet peeve on that. Sorry, tangent. I don't mean to go too far with this, but it's on my mind, so you're getting it. When, (laughs) When someone walks in... And they interrupt you with what you're doing. And you're nice enough to stop what you're doing and they needed something real small done. And you stop what you're doing and you do it. And you do it right and you give it back to them. And then they start going down a laundry list of other things that they now want you to do. Yeah. Don't don't do that. Don't Don't ever fucking do that. Don't get it in the stand because the brake is rubbing and then be like, and the the bottom bracket feels a little rough and the headset's loose and the rear wheel's out of true and, 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 you know, it's like... Yeah, exactly. Just think about, so like going back to this guy's um, thing. Yeah, I mean, if if it's a different relationship than what we're assuming it is, then that's... That's cool, think but like, I, but think about like if you were if if your local bike shop does like maintenance clinics, think about how much people pay for a maintenance clinic, and I don't mean like a flat tire clinic because a lot of times those are free because they want you to buy flat tire repair stuff, you know, and be able to use it. But think about a full on maintenance clinic and how much it would cost just for that, and that does not even cover stuff like cutting a steer tube. Or sizing cable housing, or I mean, just uh, I mean, building a bike is not a small deal. Um, so yeah, I mean, and running freaking running an internally routed reverb. I mean, a lot of frames that's not a big deal. Some frames it's a huge fucking deal. To give you an idea too, like of what you're getting at our shop, we do we have what's called tech time. It's a hundred dollars an hour, and. I mean that's it. It's a hundred dollars an hour. You, like you wouldn't cut a steer tube and install a dropper post. Nope, that's that's tech time. Like if you came to me with your bike oh, and said, okay. "Show me how to install this fork on my own personal bicycle," I would say, "Okay, we can do this tomorrow at nine thirty. Um, you know, see you tomorrow morning at nine thirty. Like, you know, like knock on the glass and I'll let you in the side door before we open, and we'll install your fork. We're going to charge you a hundred dollars an hour." If you get it, we'll knock it out. If you don't, if it takes us two hours because you don't get it, then it's two hundred bucks. I mean, and and we do that. That's that's what tech time is. It's one on one. That's kind of cool. Uh, it's a one to one ratio. That you guys actually have like a skew for that. Uh, yeah, I mean we do. And then to give you another idea, just to do a, a basic tune up while you listen in a three to one student to teacher ratio is two hundred and seventy five dollars, and it's six hours of instruction. So. Um, yeah, that's a, again, a three to one ratio. So anyways, enough tangential stuff. Um, 
You want to answer his rest- the rest? Uh, do you have any recommended recommendations for working with a mechanic in a situation like this? Yeah, you <laughs> Boom, got like ten we minutes. Already of gave them. it to you. Um, I've heard you say the fifty-six tooth ratchet upgrade from Trek on the TT Swiss hub will cause it to wear out faster. What do you think of the thirty-six tooth upgrade? It's good. Um, I like it. I mean, I think it's pretty. It's solid. Well, it's simple and straightforward. DT Swiss makes very, very high-quality stuff, and they refuse to sell the 56-tooth ratchet upgrade. I think that speaks volumes, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean... I think the 36-tooth is a great upgrade. That's something you could probably do yourself by watching a YouTube video. Yeah. Um, I mean, wouldn't you agree, Kenny? Like, if a company says, nope, isn't that pretty, like, good... <laughs> I think it's pretty legitimate. The 36, I think, is almost pushing the limit. If you just eyeball how big those actual teeth end up being, until DT Swiss makes that uh, star ratchet larger in diameter than it is today, uh, I think 36 is as high as you should go. Yeah. I mean, I've ridden the 36 tooth a good bit, and I've never broken one. I mean, granted, I'm not a huge person, but I do tend to break stuff, so... I have not broken a 36 tooth. I would not try a 56. A really, really cool fun fact, just to interrupt your question. Um, I saw on the J&B website their house brand Originate. Mm -hmm. They have a four-paw freewheel that has a a 108 108 points of engagement. So it almost has as much engagement as a a (laughs) 99 hub. So I'm going to get one to put on my Eno wheel and see how it works. Uh, so yeah, 56 tooth ratchet, not even once. Um, the Shimano chainring with 32, or the Shimano chainring 30 tooth came with the group. When this ring wears out, what would you recommend? I hear you guys talking about race face narrow wide. Would that be a good upgrade? Um, also, is the narrow wide ring built specifically for one by so the chain doesn't fall off? Yes. Uh, Number one, you probably won't be able to get a race face ring that fits the new 8000 crank. You'll have to get a wolf tooth for that 94 or 96 BCD that they're using. Do you know what the number is on that, Kenny? Uh, Man, the asymmetrical one, I don't know. I know they have a symmetrical one that's 96 on the old like Dior level maybe. It's really goofy, and I think – shit, I'd just be guessing. I don't remember what the asymmetrical is. It's 94 or 96. It's one of those. It's goofy, but – Wolf tooth makes it. Yeah, so. any narrow wide chain ring that has a BCD that matches that crank is going to work for you. And it'll probably be sold as an eight thousand chain ring. Yeah, just make sure it says very specifically in the wolf tooth description, for example, that it is for an asymmetrical crank, and it says like in parentheses XT and XTR. You would have to like really try to screw that up. Matt's looking it up right now. Uh, so the new X, no, that's the older XTR. 94, ooh, no, that's not the right number. Yep, it's 96 BCD for Shimano XT M8000. That's on the Wolftooth website. It says, you know, for Shimano XT M8000 right there. So, like, Do mountain bike radio listeners or members, uh, members get, get something? I don't remember they what They get it is. a discount off of Wolf Tooth stuff. So Shorty, let me upgrade you. Let me upgrade Yeah, you. the Wolf Tooth stuff is good, but uh, basically the smaller the ring you have, I think the faster it wears out. I've worn a couple of the 30 tooths out. Um, but, I mean, that's just that's the price you pay for going one by. So, yeah. Um, number four. Can you recommend a decent trainer or rollers in the $300 price range for winter training? 
and a training program to follow. Um, rollers, if you can ride them, cool. If you can't, buy a trainer. Um, I don't really know how else to put it. I would get anything from Cyclops. They have an okay um, warranty process, but you do have to foot the bill for shipping back to them. So, But they will help you out if you ever have any problems. Um, you just have to ship it back to Madison by yourself. But that's just... I'm not knocking on it. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I mean, if you use any trainer or rollers enough, um, you can definitely wear them out. Um, I don't. I don't really have a good grasp on how much they cost because I've always just like bummed them from other people that aren't using them. Well, and they also like they don't really wear out. So um, actually I would love to take my rollers apart and see if I can change the bearings in them. Cause one of the rollers knocks really bad when I'm over 20 or so miles an hour, but it doesn't matter really. A training program to follow. You need you know, to go to your, you need to, you need to go to your local library and, and get a book. I mean, I'm sure here in Denver, I can get lots of stuff from the library. Um, if you're if you don't have a lot of time, there's some stuff that's tailored to people that are time crunched. Um, I don't, you know, there there is some stuff for time crunch people, and it kind of depends on what you have and all the other stuff you have. Um, um, I I would say like if you are looking for a coach, and right now you don't really, you just like ride and you want something structured, you could probably get a very basic coaching program, like one where you. You basically, like, you go to Drew Edsel's. I don't even know if he offers this. I'm sure he has something like it. You go, and you're like, I want to be better at endurance mountain biking. And he's like, here's a program I've made for that. Give me this much money. And yes. that's the last time you talk to him about it. Yeah, so uh, I think, so Drew Edsel does it, and I think that Kelly from Apex will do that for you as well. Either yeah. a tailored program specifically for you or a yeah. generic program for Whatever sport for your intended goals. Yeah, um, I mean, so basically, the more um, the more interaction you want with your coach, the more it's going to cost. Um, I've used Andy Clark out of Fort Collins for a few years, and I really, really liked him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just really you don't even have to like it doesn't have to be someone in your area, but you know, sometimes that helps because occasionally you can meet with them, ride with them, whatever. Um, Linda, uh, God, how do you say her last name? Wallenfels? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I screwed that up pretty bad. Kind of like when we said Shikwamagon the other night. But she's a really, really good coach. Um, Most people who use her really like her. And I know that there's some stuff that is produced by people that also do work for Mountain Bike Radio. So if Ben could send a follow-up email with something a little more definitive and a little less bumbling... I would personally appreciate him following through and, and filling in the holes that we're leaving here. After uh, our answer to his first question. Um, he probably stopped listening. Yeah, he probably may not want to send us a Christmas present anymore. Uh, so he says, I'm going to read the unnecessary specs. Um, oh, no. Unnecessary specs, not upgrades. He's already bought that stuff, so whatever. Yeah, uh, that lot. stuff's all right as long as that fork fits that frame and as and long as that works. shock fits that frame. Uh, lots of questions. I understand if you don't get to it all. I appreciate the show. Thank you, Andrea, Kenny, and Matt. Ooh, we even put them in alphabetical order there uh, for <laughs> continuing to produce it. I want to send you guys a small Christmas gift. Where should I send it? By the way, it's liquid and may get you drunk. Um, 
It'll get you drunk. So for for the Denver part of the equation, um, you can send it to Wheat Ridge Cyclery um, to my attention. You could the best thing is you could put uh, Matt McCulley dash personal paid in full, and I'm sure uh, would that be good for you too, Kenny? Send it to the outdoors. Um, yeah, Outdoors Inc. on uh, 833 Germantown Parkway. Yeah, so you can go to outdoorsinc.com and you can find their few locations. And he's on the German ta- Germantown Parkway store. Um, and Wheat Ridge only has one location. So if you go to wheatridgecyclery.com, you can find it there. And then just drop it in the mail. And like I said, if you put it, you know, for Actually, the, don't use regular mail if it's like Well, drop it into FedEx or UPS. Um, you can't send alcohol through USPS. So, uh, but if you just drop it in and then like a, probably put the, the person personal paid in full, it'll really streamline the process for whoever's receiving things at that location, not to think that it's something that, that is missing a purchase order or an RA number or uh, some type of reference that'll that'll really streamline things to get them to the right person. Maybe not so much for Kenny, but for me in a huge shop with, you know, yeah, Kenny's a, in a shop with like five people. Yeah, I usually, you know, if I if it's booze, they assume it's mine, um, or I'm probably the one signing for it anyway. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. For me, it's there's two full time shipping and receiving guys whose job is to sort out sometimes a half an eighteen wheeler load of stuff. So. Um, yeah, and if you if you send it to Matt there, it'll it'll get to me too. Yeah, uh, and then there's a question about bikes. Annie from Washington, she's a member, so thanks for the question. What do you think of the specialized FSR uh, Rhyme Comp Carbon for Women? I currently ride a 2014 Giant Intrigue. A friend is looking at the Rhyme because she needs a small. She is five foot tall. I ride an extra small Intrigue, and I'm five two, and it's almost too big. What are your thoughts? Demo, demo, demo. That's my thought. Um, yeah. Trek makes tiny, small bikes. Yeah. I don't know about the Specialized and the Giant, but I could say, just say from personal experience, like the small Trek is teeny. Teeny. Like small. way small. Uh, I'd so, probably say don't even really try any 29ers unless you absolutely love them because, eh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she should definitely Every look at super tiny. Every super t- tiny 29 I've seen just doesn't really work right. Yeah. Go with a 27.5 of some sort. Um, but, yeah, definitely go in. And you don't even have to demo if you're just shopping for size. Um, you know, you definitely ride the bike. Like, go to a bike shop, have them set it up. Um, you know, find their smallest bike, have them set it up with your seat height Um you know, if the stem is too long or if a lot of times, like if you're really, really short, um, generally the way we build bikes in bike shops is we will um, put the stem at the top of the steer tube pointed up. Um, if that is too, um, you know, if your seat, you set your seat height and you feel like you're riding a motorcycle with ape hanger bars on it, like your your bars are so high. Tell them to flip the stem over and move some spacers around. I mean, definitely, you know, if you're an odd size like that, don't just assume that's how it's supposed to be. Like, help get the people at the bike shop to help make it comfortable for you so that you can at least ride it around the parking lot and just get a feel for the handling. Yeah, and this is something that's been really 
really exaggerated. Um, the last month I've been going to the skate park very regularly. I've probably been, I don't know, eight times now. The kids with their bars nearly like shoulder high, they can't pull up regardless of their strength. They're already like at the top of their arm. So if you imagine what I look like on a bike versus what someone really short looks like on a bike, that short person is already like through their range of motion on like partly through their arm travel, if you will, on both that, that I guess it would be like the, like the, what is it? What would it be? Like the compression stroke, you know, like when you hit something, a lot of your arm travel is already gone. And then when you go to pull for something, a lot of your arm travel is already shot too. So yeah, uh, definitely make sure um, at, at five feet tall, um, I'm, I would almost guarantee that she's going to need um, the stem down on the steer tube, probably as far as it's going to go. Yeah, because if you her seat get, height is going to be so low. If you want to do kind of a gut check and you're just not really sure, uh, just do a tape measure from the floor to the top of the saddle and tape measure from the floor to the top of the grip and just subtract those numbers and that's going to be your rise or your drop. And if you're running like, say, more than 10 centimeters a rise, that's probably that's not way too right. much. Exactly. Um, and it's going to be but it's like. very, very easy to do that. Very easy to do that on some stock steer tube length bikes for somebody who's five foot. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just, that's why I'm saying that's good gut check. If it's much more than 10 centimeters, that's probably not quite right. Yeah. And I mean, uh, having a lot of rise, it's going to make, um, the bike's not going to climb as well. Might feel okay going downhill, but it's not going to climb as well. And like Matt said, it's going to be way harder to get the front wheel on like up on things because as you try to lift it up, you're, you're already like kind of in your travel of lifting already. Um, yeah. So what were you looking at? You looked at the, uh, geometry of that. I mean, it's a pretty small bike. It's a 650 B bike. But the funny thing is, is the stack on that extra small bike is only about 45 millimeters lower than my bike. So (laughs) even though that person's seat height is going to be probably 15 mil lower than you, at least. Uh, 15, uh, 15 centimeters. centimeters What's lower. your seat height, Andrea? 74? Uh, it's... 68? I don't know. It, just because for a while I couldn't find the tape measure with millimeters on it, I just remember my seat height as 26 and a half inches. I'm pretty sure, Andrea, you're like 66 to 68. Yep, so Andrea's 5'8", and her seat height I'm is... 6'6". Six. She's 5'6", her seat height <laughs> is, is 67. Okay. Um... So yeah, like let's just say so this person is is gonna be maybe not that much I mean Andrea falls nearly right between me and and, and uh uh Annie's friend. So in height wise. So let's say safely this person's seat is gonna be twenty centimeters. That's being very conservative. I mean Andrea's is already eleven or 12 centimeters lower than mine. And then, you know, this person's that much again, shorter nearly. So it's going to be almost 20 centimeters lower, but their bars only get what? Five centimeters lower. It's yeah. So it's, it's very possible. She just needs to make sure that when, that she talks to someone who knows who understands small people, 
um, and bike handling because there are definitely salespeople that are just like, you're tiny, here's an extra small, have fun. Um, you know, definitely, if you can find a short salesperson, that's great. Um, yeah, you're going to have to, mo- more than likely, however the bike is set up out of the box, um, you're going to have to change that in order to get, like, a real feel for how the bike, you know, moves around uh, and just how, you know, you sit on it and everything. So just just remember that when you go shopping. Yeah, also really cool, it comes with a 45-millimeter stem, so that's neat. Yeah. It's pretty tiny already. So, uh, but again, you got to try some stuff. I mean, it's really hard to say. And due to don't the, worry a ton about standover. Um, especially if you're, if you're five feet tall and you want to ride a bike with six inches of travel, like, come on. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very unlikely that, um, in the event that you, that you forcefully dismount from your bike, um, the likelihood of you landing flat footed with both feet on the ground, straddling your top tube in a controlled manner is highly unlikely. Um, yeah. When I crash, I, I end up like super far away from my bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So don't just don't worry about standover. Um, you know, it's going to be, they, they kind of exaggerate on women's bikes anyway, but you know, at five feet tall, she may be touching the top tube a little bit and that's, that's okay. It really is okay. Um, so let's, we want to keep going. No, I think we've already kept going. Um, <laughs> oh, is it. that everything? That is it. Sweet. Um, I'm starting to get hungry. Everyone is. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I, I've been having a lot of fun at the skate park. I ate a lot of pancakes today too. Oh my god, the pancake, the pumpkin pancake with salted caramel goo on it is probably my new favorite mid-ride food. That was really, really good. So, you brought a, a pancake with you? And Matt had a pancake. I brought like five pack. pancakes with me, what are you talking about? He had a Ziploc bag full of pancakes in a frame bag on our ride today. Yeah, see, so here in Colorado, uh, I get cold a lot. So I've just started riding with a frame bag on my road bike all the time, like a smaller one. Uh, and it's really convenient because today in my frame bag, I carried a pump, four gels, some pancakes. And then later on in the ride, I had my jacket, my gloves, and like I added my jacket and gloves to that at some point. So then in my pocket on my jersey, the only thing that I needed was um, a house key, a phone. And when I did like the one big climb of the ride, I put my knee warmers and hat in my pocket. I mean, it was really convenient to have a frame bag. So, With pancakes in it? With pancakes, yeah. Did and, the pancakes go straight in the bag or were they in another bag? <laughs> uh, well, the I made a bunch like of Like tots pan- and Napoleon Dynamite? I made a... Yeah. <laughs> I made a bunch of pancakes and I froze them in uh, freezer bags. And then one of the freezer bags came directly from the from the freezer to the frame bag. And then from the frame bag, as I was going up the climb, I put I like unzipped it and I checked the the temperature of them. And I decided they were a little too cold, so I put them in my pocket to help warm them up. Um, <laughs> And then ate them. So at if the you top see Matt top. on a ride, punch his frame bag and say, "Give me some of your tots," <laughs> or kick it. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. 
<laughs> Frame bag full of pancakes. Get you some, motherfuckers. <laughs> you have to put the salted caramel on it. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. The maple bacon would be good on there, too. Oh. It would be so oh. good. Now that I'm not riding my bike, it sounds disgusting to put goo on pancakes, but whatever. I want to put some just plain goo on some tater tots. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> that is not good. Oh, dude. That is disgusting. <laughs> Are you talking about that bike or no, tater tots? No, don't talk with... about the bike. We're not okay. going to talk about the bike. All right, cool. I think that's all that I have. How about you, Kenny? You got anything uh, else you need to add? No, nah, that's it. All right, well, I think everything should continue to be normal for a while. Uh, go check out the new Mountain Bike Radio website. Or normal for a while is in, like, we're going to – I don't think we'll have too much – we'll miss one recording over the holidays, I know. but Yeah, there's going to be, like, Christmassy shit. Here, hold on. Let's see. Yeah, I was going to look and see what day Christmas falls uh, on. Christmas is on a Thursday, I think. I mean, Friday. in theory, in theory, I'll be back on the 28th. So that's mon- That's the – Monday after Christmas. So I'll be not available for recording on the 21st. Yeah, we might skip, skip Christmas week then. Yeah, it's, it's going to get a little touch and go right there around the holidays. But other than that, we're going to keep getting stuff to you. But there's a lot of new stuff. Uh, new website is live, so go check it out. It looks really good. I had nothing to do with it. That's not an offhanded, like, humble brag of like, oh, I did this and... Yeah, ben, no, Ben Ben's did it. Ben did it all. It's, it's um, great. It's it's sick. I looked at it and there was lots of ex- like joyful explicatives used to tell him how good it looked. So I'll I'm about sp- to eat this microphone. I'll spare that now. But um, yeah, other than that, new normal stuff. There's new shows coming out. There's all kinds of stuff. So uh, if you have questions, send them to info at Mountain Bike Radio. We'll get to them as our recording allows. We should record next week like normal. But then it might be the new year before we get something to you. Uh, also, uh, we'll have a special episode recorded tomorrow with a special guest. So that may be saved to fill in when we don't have oh, some uh, some stuff. So that's what we're going to do. I'll record a special episode tomorrow with a guest, and then we'll use that to fill in whenever we miss at least one of the two shows we miss. So keep that in mind. Cool. Yeah, whenever um... – fuck, I just forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can also uh... – if you don't have any any questions, but you see like some new shit that we might hate, um, you can always suggest that we talk about it and express our love or hate for it um, during the show. Like you can just email it or tweet it to us or whatever. Yeah, because sometimes I run out of. Uh, I don't want to say. Sometimes it. we just don't pay attention to new shit. Yeah, I just, for whatever reason, I've been really busy. I haven't been on Bike Rumor very much, so. Yeah. I've like yeah. checked it, and it's. I do want to play with ETAP. The only thing that I'll say, and, and this isn't that I'm, I don't want this to sound like I'm jaded, but like the good shit is so good now. Oh, I9 does have new uh, alloy fat bike wheels. But the new shit is so good that even the older shit is really good too. Like that's the problem. 2x10 XTR is one of the best things ever. Oh Just my like a uh, 9 speed XO grip shift. Oh my gosh. So good. Also great. So. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's all that I have, and I want to make dinner. Okay. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will uh, talk to you again next week. Good night. Good night.